You're listening to This and That, a new podcast series with me, Angus Mitchell, where I'll be talking to students and past students alike everything to do with their dissertations and uni experience. On this episode, I'll be speaking to Hafrin Park, the title of her dissertation being World Building and Immersion Through Music in Red Dead Redemption 2. I, I, I mean, I've not met anyone who's disagreed with me about the fact that Red Dead Redemption 2's score is very effective. He'll come in and he finally is a bit like, oh my word, that is art. You know, it is, it's art. Sometimes suggests that, you know, it's not as authentic or Ugh. it's... Well... <laughs> These bloody <laughs> boomers. <laughs> but he said that all musicians overplay, which is so true. Um, although I must say, I think getting people to talk about Red Dead 2 is a bit easier than as an archaeologist <laughs> talking about anything that I study, you know. Yeah, even with, well, I mean, I got better towards the end, but okay. towards the beginning, I killed many a horse. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't worry, it lives in my conscience. I'm going to um, clip that. You're listening to this and That. Hello and welcome back to Dis and That. And um, today I'm joined by the lovely Hafrin Park. Hafrin, how are you? It's been far too long. It has been far too long. I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? I, I, I'm very, I'm much better now. Now, now we've managed to sort this call out. Um, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I was a music undergrad at King's College London. Angus and I went to school together at Wells. Um, it's been a long time since we've caught up, but um, yeah, I graduated in August time, uh, but just my graduation was basically an email saying, you're done. So, oh, it's um, such a shame. It's, it's such a shame after all that hard work and then just right at the end. Is there any like plan to have some kind of graduation afterwards or is it kind of like no just idea. a blip, a blip in the system? I, I honestly think that we are the year that's going to be forgotten on that um so i think there was some sort of digital rendition of a graduation where there was some like some talks or something like that but i missed all of that so um it's yeah it's been really strange graduating in such a non-momentous way in between the weirdness or during the weirdness you did do your dissertation and you smashed it. And um, I'd love to hear a bit about your post-uni experience as well, because that sounds fantastic, your uh, videography and everything. Um, so we'll, we'll get onto that, but this is of course, this and that. So sh- should, we, should we go for it? Um, so I, I know now that you studied music at King's, what did you do your dissertation on? What was the title? So my dissertation changed a lot. Um, it was one thing before lockdown and then I had to completely change my idea because I couldn't do the research I was going to do. I was going to have field work and I was going to be, um, you know, doing interviews and all of that stopped. So I had to completely change my topic, um, which was actually the best thing that could have happened because I ended up picking something that I absolutely loved. Um, and it was such a passion project. So I ended up doing my dissertation on Red Dead Redemption 2 and the music uh how all of the music leads to world building um and it was just i had the best time writing it um it was so much fun i did not expect that i don't know why i think it's that classic kind of assumption oh someone studying music at king's college has to be on tchaikovsky or you know something like that is it's classic whereas music is everywhere and actually for those listening that don't know what red dead redemption 2 is i'm sure not many people uh, there's not many people that account for that but um it's a well one of the 
biggest games of all time, really, wasn't it? I don't know when it was released. I'm sure you'll tell us all the facts about it. Um, but Red yeah. Dead Redemption 2, Rockstar's uh, magnum opus, some would say. I personally prefer GTA. However, however, Red Dead was a fantastic game as well. And my housemate, Anna, is going to absolutely love this episode. Um, she is a, <laughs> she's a huge fan of Red Dead. Um, so how does it work then? So, so, so the title was... Red, did you tell the title just then? Don't think so. No, right. Let me let me just read it because I don't want to get it wrong. No. <laughs> so um, my title ended up being World Building and Immersion Through Music in Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay. Um, the whole idea behind my dissertation was basically to examine how the composer and the music um, enhance the experience of the game and how it makes the world feel more real um and yeah how how when you're sitting down to play the game you're not thinking oh gosh this music is really off-putting it's changing the mood it's it's taking me out from the experience um and i i really like the fact that i was studying so the study of game music and video game music is called ludomusicology um and as a kind of a field of study it's only about 20 years old basically the same age as me it's pretty new um which pose challenges for finding kind of scholarly texts on stuff, but also meant I had so much freedom to basically formulate my own ideas before anyone else told me what to think about what I was listening to, um, which, you know, it's, it's something that I don't think a lot of people get with their dissertations because they, they start with all of the scholarly texts and all of the existing literature, and then they formulate their own ideas. Whereas, I basically worked in the opposite direction. Yeah, that's actually really interesting because like you said, often like when you do a dissertation, there's already so much work on it. And you're, you're often told you've got to kind of find your own thing, you know, find your niche. And that is sometimes so difficult. And if you don't do that, like you said, you kind of fall into the trap of just kind of regurgitating other people's ideas. Whereas you found this niche in a subject, which is quite easy to find because it's such a fresh subject you know like you said what only 22 years old or something 20 yeah, years old yeah, yeah. Just to pinpoint the actual start because uh, I mean you know with video games there was an initial point where games were I mean games are gigabytes now um five ten years ago they were only megabytes and before that they were literally bytes they were they were tiny, tiny kind of tiny sizes where um a, a sound file would have been far too big for the game. So um, it's difficult to pinpoint where it starts because you have things that are, um, they're sounds, but they're not necessarily being classed as music um, because they're just beeps or um, just just random kind of sonic. Like sound effects, yeah. Yeah, sound effects. And, and it's interesting actually writing a dissertation on it. I had to really be clear with myself where I was going to draw the line on what, was music and what wasn't um, and what kind of played into being musical um, and, and it's, it's, an, it's a discussion you have as soon as you get to uni people start in your first lecture they're like what is music and you have to basically really search for your own ideas about it um, and, and some people you know they're like it has to be composed by someone and heard by someone else um, and then other people will say well it's anything you hear anything that your ears pick up and so you you have all these different ideas but it's similar with the start of game music that you basically you have to pick for yourself where it starts becoming a score and where it's just sounds yeah um, but 
completely going off on a tangent. Yeah, you've, you've, you've laid the scene now. You, you've told us, kind of teased what you're going to talk about. Should we get into it? I'm excited. I'm really intrigued of how you found what the differentials between sounds and sound effects were and what the music of Red Dead did for the game. I kind of feel like I'm not completely in the dark. You know, I've played the game. Um, I, I loved the game. I loved the music. And it was definitely a standout point, you know. I remember, because yeah. usually when I, when I play a video game, often, because I love my music, I'll put a playlist on and just relax and listen to separate music. And I remember actually distinctively, I don't know if this is going to come up in your dissertation, but um, I remember distinctively turning off the speaker and turning up the TV and kind of, you know, immersing myself in the fantastic music of the game. But enough of my own experience. I want to hear about you. I want to hear about your dissertation. Where do we begin? Um, well, interestingly, a similar point to what you're just talking about. Um, so it's kind of helpful to understand where the score began for this game. So um, Red Dead Redemption 2 um, was preceded by Red Dead Redemption 1 and uh, Red Dead Revolver. So it's, it's part of a franchise where there was already sort of a soundscape. I would say that um, Red Dead Revolver is kind of quite separate. It's, it's, it, it doesn't really have the same sound world, partly because it was, it was a very old game, different space capacity for music and all those kind of things. So there was already sort of a sound world that was created before this game. Um, that being said, there are over 60 hours of music in Red Dead Redemption, uh, in Red Dead Redemption 2 which is a colossal amount of music. Um, if you think about, yeah, if you think about a film score, which is roughly a two hour film, um, often there'll be compositions which are longer than what's actually used in the film. So you'll maybe end up with six hours of music, something like that. Even that, it takes years to compose. Um, but, but 60 hours of original scoring. That really puts it into perspective, yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so it took five years overall, I think, to compose the, the score, um, which actually I think pretty fast, <laughs> um, yeah. considering different masters. And the kind of the idea behind the composition, because um, it, it, it was composed by Woody Jackson, who has worked with Rockstar on other games, so like uh, GTA, LA Noir, things like that, who has quite a distinctive way of composing for games, has their own ideas about. Um, what the purposes of music should be within a game. Um, and I think, I, I, I mean, I've not met anyone who's disagreed with me about the fact that Red Dead Redemption 2's score is very effective. Um, and what you said is obviously really helpful because the point of the score in this game is to enhance the experience of the game. Sometimes it can be really distracting to have the repetitive music in the background of the game. So. I don't know, I can't think of an example now because I, uh, all the games I play, I really like the scores of them. Um, but, but sometimes it can be a really distracting um, part of a game experience. Um, and so what you, what you really want is for someone to keep playing the game and not to be like, this music is annoying me so much. I'm gonna turn the entire thing off, rage quit, never gonna play it again. Um, you want the music to to build the experience into something that really immerses the player and makes them stay in that world. Because, I mean, as much as I want to be a capitalist about it, I think the people who make games really want their players to enjoy it. It's not just a money-making machine. It is, I mean, people... Can they, do they do care. They do care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I mean, obviously, 
that's a different point. That's a different dissertation. But but the score for this particular game is enormous because it's basically giving the freedom to the player to have their own unique score. So no no two people who play the game end up with the same complete score at the end. Wow. Because because the way that the game evolves, it gives you choices. It's um it's got pinned music, which is where there's music that's located within the game. Um, like physically within the game in, in a virtual So kind of, you, you'll kind of go to that area and then that music will play. Yeah, it doesn't follow your character around. Yeah, and that's, so the, the interesting thing about the game is there's pinned music, there's ambient music, which sort of follows you around. It's, it's, um, it's very rare to have music playing for a long period of time in Red Dead, unless you're in a combat scene, because they've, Woody Jackson intentionally put in silences. Um, he's got quite a, I, I mean, I say it's famous, I'm a music nerd, so obviously I think it's famous, but he said that all musicians overplay, which is so true. Musicians like to fill silences. They like um, things to feel complete. They don't like leaving phrases undone at the end because it's, it's the way that quite a lot of people's brains work. So actually it's very effective for the game to take a step back, make the player do whatever they're gonna do and then have this ambient music that follows behind or kind of just, um, it, it doesn't need to inf like infringe, in impinge upon the, the <laughs> moment. Um, like you don't, you don't want them f distracted by it. Like you said earlier, you know, when it's too repetitive, it can kind of be like, oh, it's this song again, you know? Whereas with these silences, I guess, it is because the game does pride itself on being a real world game, you know, like a, a free roaming, you feel like you're there. And I guess, that's so true where, you, you know, there's, we don't have a soundtrack to our lives. We don't walk around and always hear music, you know? And I guess when you're playing, obviously it, like it's, it is a game and no one's gonna really be like that critical of it that, oh, why is there music playing? This doesn't happen in the real world, you know? But I guess that use of silence does kind of add to it. You know, sometimes if it's completely silence and you can just hear the birds, you can hear the water, you can hear the grass, you're like, oh damn, you know, you take a minute. And I think that is so powerful. And that's a really important point for the idea of world building is that, um, so you have diegetic and non-diegetic sound, which is um, diegetic sounds um, are where you, you can see the source. So um, the, the source of the music. So for example, um, when you're in the camp, there's a phonograph player or phonograph player um, where you, you can hear things like Bizet and Delib, and they're playing classical music and that's a diegetic source um, and as you move away from it it gets quieter and it's been it's been planned out um, in in the coding of the game that that feels realistic and then you have non-diegetic sound which is like the ambient music um, that sort of appears out of nowhere um, but it, it never reaches the point where you're thinking what what the hell is going on Where's who's that playing that music <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Um, but because of the way it's planned, that's that's part of the composition is that you you don't want the player to be confused by the music. You want them to be going, oh, there's someone running towards me with a gun, something like that. Um, so are these terms diegetic and non-diegetic, is this just for, I can't remember, is it ludo? What was the term you said? Ludo musicology. Ludo musicology. Are these terms just for that? Or is that, would that be the case in like a film, say, or yeah, soundtracks it's, it's, in general? With, with theatre, with, um, mm. 
I mean, opera is a difficult one because you see the people, but you can also have, um, there are moments where uh, to, to prove a point, they bring things onto the stage. So sometimes you'll be watching a play and there's a pit band, so they're kind of hidden away. And then sometimes they'll bring a quartet onto the stage and it's an intentional, um, it, it, it creates this idea of realism because you're seeing the music and the characters are seeing the music. Um, and, and that completely carries through into games. Um, that's, that's so fascinating. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's also, um, it, it's a term that's used for other things that I've brought into to games. Um, because, I mean, there, there's not a lot of writing on games. The, the literature is constantly growing, but actually um, there is a little bit of snobbery about things like film music and game music. And um, it's, it's partly because people will sometimes suggest that, you know, it's not as authentic or, well. <laughs> These <laughs> bloody boomers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, some people have like completely revolutionized the, um, the, the writing around this type of music and people like Tim Summers who taught at, at Bristol University he wrote an amazing book which is all about music and RPGs and it's it's fascinating stuff um, but I just think the next step will be for for this kind of stuff to be studied in universities and as yeah. courses but, and, it, but, and it not to be a niche for your disc but rather loads of people studying it yeah absolutely and I do think so many people play games um, and it doesn't necessarily, it, it's not just games like Red Dead Redemption, you know, it's things like um, people playing games on their phones or people um, like playing Among Us and things like that with, with all their friends. And, and the pandemic actually has has fed into the hands of, of games. Because oh, it's big time, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And it is, it is interesting. I wonder when that kind of snobbery looking down on games will finally end and we'll look back at it in such a disbelief you know i think it is it's getting there because like even someone like my dad he won't mind me saying this but if i say i'm playing a video game say red dead which is a beautiful game red dead redemption obviously this is about the music but like the graphics itself he'll come in and he finally is a bit like oh my word that is art you know it is it's art and like to think that and even my little sister you know she almost can't comprehend that that's not real. Like every single blade of grass has been made in that. And I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here. We will come back to this, but I think it is an important point to make, you know, that this snobbery is, just, it's old fashioned now, you know? These games are like art defying. They're just, they're so amazing. And um, I, I, I do think it's so cool that you're doing this. And maybe you're, you're at the forefront of, of this new wave, you know, of academ academics, you are. People will use your dissertation in the future. Oh, I don't know about <laughs> that. But I do think that, um, you know, it, it's interesting that something that, I mean, 60 hours of scoring is ridiculously large, but even things like Classic FM, which is a very, um, it, it, it plays a lot of the same type of music for its audience, the stuff that it likes. Um, they were playing the music from Skyrim um, and, and things like that, where it, it's being recognized as incredible classical music because it's written in the classical style, not because it's from that era. But um, there's there's parts of, of Red Dead Redemption, which I think really could use being um, studied in depth by musicologists, by people who appreciate um, just music in general. So things like um, one of the areas I studied quite closely for Red Dead Redemption was the use of song. 
and um, there, so when you're in the camp, around the campfire, um, sometimes the NPCs will randomly start singing and people can join in. Um, and those songs, some of them are real kind of drinking songs or kind of um, like gambling songs or whatever from the time. And then others have been composed to sound like um, they were from the time. And it's actually a really interesting study because it's looking at what makes those songs sound authentic and, and feel authentic as well. Um, and so one of the ways that Woody Jackson and the game coders um, made the, the world feel more real is that some of the songs that are heard in the camp then get played um, in piano versions in the saloons, in other places in the game. Um, and so it's musical ideas that are then threaded throughout other parts of the game, which really it's it's really interesting because it's it feels quite real you know yeah that's very immersive it's quite an immersive tactic isn't it like oh you also know my song hang on you're a robot <laughs> like you're, you know oh you heard us sing that at the campfire wait hang on this is a game you do an arrangement and then you played it for your mates and they were like yeah this is kind of good you should play at the saloon on tuesday whatever it's these ideas that the game took such a long time to build and you can tell that the music and um, the, the way that the game is crafted, people enjoyed hiding these little Easter eggs and, and making things happen that only happen at a certain time of day or that only happen if you've completed a certain challenge and things like this where it, the, the game can continue to be played whether or not you've done the main challenges and the, the missions and things like that. Um, you can still hear more music and um, understand more about what's happening so even things like Arthur Morgan, who's the main kind of anti-hero protagonist. No like, spoilers, no storyline spoilers. <laughs> I mean, I get the player gets to choose whether they're an anti-hero or a hero. It's up yeah. to them pretty much because you build honor and things like that. But um, this main character, sometimes if you leave him on his horse for long enough, he'll start just humming to himself, which is is so interesting because it's, it, it's partly interesting from a musical standpoint, but also this idea that um, the, the character has been molded in such a way that there are these things that you might never know, but then you might suddenly find out. And I mean, I played over 50 hours of Red Dead Redemption to study the music. I um, promise it's for my dissertation. Promise, yeah, <laughs> yeah. God, it was the best, the best revision or like study you can do, just being like, oh yeah, I've got to play Red Dead again. Sorry, um, yeah. <laughs> and I was I was like twitch streaming everything that I was playing because then I could look back on it um, oh wow cool yeah so I honestly twitch has it was a really useful resource that is quite unique to to gamers and stuff like yeah that. yeah does that go in your bibliography um I mean I, I kind of didn't talk about it much I um I, it's I, just more of a tool rather than a source yeah, I guess yeah I didn't end up using the footage apart no. from one I then uploaded to YouTube because I couldn't find any of the the kind of examples anywhere else. So I, I took it from Twitch, downloaded the video, edited it, and then uploaded it to YouTube and then wrote about it in my bibliography. Oh, but cool. um, but it, was, it was a really useful resource for me personally to be able to evaluate stuff once I'd seen it while still also getting an authentic player experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was kind of going back and forth between scholarly texts and then looking for things and then playing a bit. And then it, it just meant that I, I really sat with the game and played the music whilst I played the game, because yeah. that's the whole point of all of it. Like I, I wrote in my conclusion about how 
the whole point of the music in Red Dead is to be played. It doesn't yeah. mean anything if you just listen to the music. It's supposed to be kind of within its It is an aspect of the game, yeah. yeah. And, and it sounds beautiful. I, when I wrote the dissertation, I put on um, 24 hour ambient uh, Red Dead. Red Dead soundtrack, <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's just, it's so nice to work to. If anyone needs something to kind of have a relaxing study session to, I would highly recommend. Um, Hafrin, Hafrin, be honest. Are you just secretly a cowboy fanatic? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but it kind of it, listening to it in that context is is one way of appreciating the music. But I really do think that if if people are going to study ludo musicology, it has to be within its context. You can't just listen to the music and be like, "Well, this chord progression here suggests this," because studying it through harmony is you know it's very interesting people love analyzing music through a harmonic sense or a melodic sense but actually it it requires more when it's taken from a context that um each individual has so much control over and i guess also what i'll be right in saying is if you did just listen to it without the context of the game you'd miss half of the discussion you've been talking about your disc with diegetic and non-diegetic music and the pauses and the the pinned locations and the you know i've been listening i'm learning i told you <laughs> you're gonna look for it next time you play you're gonna be like, oh, oh okay. it's gonna this is gonna change the game completely for me um if we get back okay so We've kind of just done a huge summary, haven't we? It's been very conversational, which is great. I love that. But if you could just, like for me, in terms of structure to this, how you mentioned that you talked about songs and I'm assuming, was that like a chapter? Like, did you have chapters in your dissertation? Yeah, so I, I separated it into to subheadings. So um, started off with obviously abstract, introduction, um, and then I wrote a literature review where I basically took summaries of all the existing literature that I could find that was relevant to, to role-player games, uh, RPGs, and um, anything to do with game music, and also a couple of things to do with film and um, other sort of uh, multimedia music uh, sources, um, just, just to get an idea of language and to kind of set the scene for where the scholarship comes from. Um, then I went into a method section where I talked about how I, I was taking it from real life experience of playing it. I was using um, some videos from YouTube where people had taken specific clips of stuff, which was really, really useful. Um, and then I went into kind of, my subtitle was something like, what remains of the Wild West? And I talked about the story and how um, the game is framed within the context of the Red Dead franchise and um, games in general. So about how it's a role player game, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then I split it into sections of things like how it was composed and um, uh, how songs were used, how combat was scored, how um, the kind of the music functioned within the, the context of the game. Um, as, as musical signposting for saying, hey, there's an enemy approaching. Yeah. So, so the player knows that something's gonna happen. Um, and then I kind of, yeah, after splitting it into those sections, I made my conclusion on kind of where the game stood. But I, I did leave it quite open-ended because I do feel like there's so many different alleyways that you can go down with a game that has this much variation. Definitely, um, yeah. And, and also, I didn't want to be so specific that it was kind of closing off all the possibilities. Um, because 
I, I mean, I, it's much more specific than it could have been. I could have written about so much because it's so fascinating to me. Um, but I do think that there's still so much to be explored. Like, there's yeah. Well, I think it, it, just by the way you've listed ha- your chapters, I could, I could, you can almost picture a dissertation for each of those chapters. So it's pretty clear that the amount you can talk about this. And do you think the fact that it is relatively new? Um, it's kind of why, because people haven't spoken about it that much. Um, that's why there is so much to say and so much to learn. Yeah, well, at the time when I was writing the dissertation, and I mean, still now, it's a relatively new game. Um, and it doesn't necessarily draw in the same kind of scholarship as games like Ocarina of Time, where music is actually a function of the game. You know, you have the ocarina and it's, and it's, it's used as a tool um, to complete the game. And like Guitar Hero and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, I guess it is that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that's not an RPG, but it's no. The same sense that. There hey, is some... I am that rock star. It is not. I am role playing a rock star when I play that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, yeah, I do think that there's some games that really draw in musicologists because they the the functions of music are so overt that there's instant stuff that they can talk about. Um, but, but when you kind of look out into RPGs where they are massive, it's, it's such a huge undertaking to write about something where there's so much material. Um, I think people kind of shy away from it a little bit. I mean, I know I certainly did. When I looked at the daunting task ahead of me, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to listen to 60 hours of music. And no. So I picked out certain bits, which I thought were really clever and immersive. Um, but there's, there's still so much more. There's, there's, basically an infinite amount of things you could talk about with a game that you can play for an infinite amount of time. Yeah, well, I think, like you said, all these different scenarios and the way it's not just like, it, yes, it's 60 hours, which is long, but it's not even that. It's not just from naught to 60 hours. You don't just listen to it through. Like you said, it's a completely personal experience. And even within your own personal experience, it will be ever-changing. Yeah, and and even even when I was playing the game, I played it for 50 hours, completing the main challenges. I didn't even include music that's found on side missions or music that's found kind of in in certain areas that that you don't go to in main missions because I had to be so specific. And even that ended up being 50 hours. And I'm not a speedrunner. Like I had to redo those combat scenes so many times um, because my shooting is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Even with the lock-on assist? Yeah. Yeah, even with, well, I mean, I got better towards the end, but towards the beginning, I killed many a horse. Um, (laughs) Yeah, don't worry, it lives in my conscience. I'm going to clip that. (laughs) (laughs) Half, this is going to be my, this is going to be my, um, what's it called? Clickbait. Halfrin kills horses. (laughs) Listen to the podcast to find out more. (laughs) I guess it would work, probably. There's many people that would love to hear about that. Um, And hate on you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible. I'll take it. Um, it'll get way more clicks on this on this uh, podcast. Um, but I, yeah, I do think that, you know, when you're thinking about such an enormous game, and, and even, so initially I wanted to write about a comparison between Skyrim, The Witcher 3, and Red Dead Redemption 2. And then very quickly found out that that was a terrible idea and it was like way too- Like the three biggest games ever. <laughs> I, in my head, I was thinking they're so big that there's going to be loads to talk about. And then um, I got some advice from a friend who said, yes, if you want to write three books about it, that would be great. But <laughs> you have to narrow it down. So um, 
I, I'll save that for my magnum opus later Yes, on. Um, and we'll get you back on for book and that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> my book series on Skyrim, probably. Um, but I, I honestly, it, it was such an enjoyable dissertation to write. And if I can, like, if I can give anyone advice about dissertations, which I don't know if that's what you want. Yeah, to of course. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, if if I could offer advice to anyone, it would be to talk to anyone who will listen about your topic, to talk to people who you know will disagree with you, to talk to people who have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, to talk to experts if you can get hold of them. Um, because the more you put yourself out there in terms of letting other people know what your ideas are and hearing how other people react to them and kind of uh, respond, it, it will build your dissertation, um, maybe without you even knowing about it. You know, you might be chatting to someone very briefly about it in the corridor and they mention something that then makes you think, oh, I guess I hadn't thought about that. You look into it and it's a whole other corridor to go down. Um, so really like talking to anyone who will listen, talk to your postman, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, from, a, from a safe distance. Of course, um, of course. <laughs> um, because that that's one of the things that really, um, that really made this dissertation for me was the conversations that I had leading up to hand in where people kind of, uh, people like my flatmate who was, she was kind of the reason that I ended up doing this. She was like, why don't you just write about game music then since you love it so much. Yeah, um, yeah. And, um, and then so I did, but, but she was a really good source for me because she's played so many RPG games that she picked up on things that I hadn't, picked up on because I've only just from a get just from like a gamer perspective yeah exactly and actually those as as much as people want to be snobs about it they are the people that know more right now than musicologists it's it's the people who play the games for 380 hours um who have heard these who have heard these these examples and um who have kind of lived through them a thousand times understand the context of it and everything yeah. Yeah, I think that is that's that is great advice, you know, with anything. Um, although I must say, I think getting people to talk about Red Dead Two is a bit easier than as an archaeologist talking about anything that I study. You know, I mean, you've just got to make it sound attractive enough. You know, you go literally. Gotta... Hey, uh, do you want to talk about um, the Periclean like revolts? <laughs> um, no. Yeah. That's a sexy topic right there. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about the Delphi Sanctuary and the imagery at the Athena Nike? Um, No, okay. Do you want to talk about Red Dead? Yes. <laughs> yeah, sign me up. I mean... Literally. I think everyone up. listening to this is going to be very, very jealous and everyone's going to be rethinking their dissertations because I know I am now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, how can I bring archaeology into uh, GTA? Literally. Um, <laughs> but I do think that, I mean, I, I was very lucky because I ended up, finding something that I, I loved within my area of study. Um, but if you think about why you got into doing your, your area of study in the first place, there must be things that brought you into it. So whether yeah. or not you're going to talk about Indiana Jones, um, because I that's, wish. The made you, <laughs> that's the thing that made you fall in love with the idea of archaeology, then, um, I mean, obviously that's the, the most stereotypical example i think of it shows how much i know about archaeology. yeah archaeologists yeah. are shaking their fists right now listening to this oh, he's not a real archaeologist <laughs> he's an explorer um yeah i i do think that you know if you can find something that you genuinely are excited to talk about because even now i mean it's been over half a year since i wrote my dissertation 
anyone who gives me the opportunity to talk about it I'm like sit down and listen yeah yeah <laughs> um, no definitely yeah no I, I think I should say a little disclaimer I, I do enjoy archaeology and I am I am looking forward to completing my dissertation but um no I think I think uh, on behalf of everyone this has been so fascinating um and just like it's so cool to hear someone like like all the other guests to be honest so passionate about their dissertation yeah. but I think this is this is definitely a standout of why it's so obvious that you're passionate about it you know you get to play Red Dead for hours on end um yeah. I don't know if there's, is there any more like conclusions of your dissertation that you want to bring up now? I think. Hmm. Well, in terms of the process, I would say do the boring bits of the dissertation first. Get out of the way. Read through your university handbook on dissertations and work out what referencing style you're supposed to use, how you're supposed to kind of format your essay. Do all that early because um, you do not want to be doing that 4 a.m. beforehand in realizing that your referencing style is entirely wrong and you have to find a new bit of information about every single thing. I mean, I was quite lucky in the sense that the changes for mine were just having to swap the date round and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you've got 50 references, you don't want to have to do that. So no. if, if you do all those rubbish things, if you dedicate like two days to being like, I'm just going to read everything that we've been given, work out what I'm supposed to be doing, do that early because that's the stuff that makes you start to hate your dissertation later on yeah yeah yeah. it's the nitty it's not the topic it's the nitty-gritty stuff isn't it no. well Hafrin, Hafrin, Hafrin turning out to be the dissertation guru thank you so much um I think I think I wish we leave it there then I think uh, like like you left your dissertation open-ended we'll leave this ep episode open-ended and if you have anything more to say maybe we'll get you back on on season two who knows because I I, yeah. I, I I yeah right now Witcher we'll do the Witcher come on just bash it out uh Hafrin, it has been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for coming on and um yeah I, I now know far more about ludoology no ludomusicology ludomusicology hey. there we go um yeah no that it has been absolutely great um and yeah thank you so much thank you thank you bye bye <laughs> you've been listening to dis and that with angus mitchell